Good morning, everyone. It's Wednesday, May 3rd. My name's JB with Not By Works Ministries, and we're glad to have you along for the program today. It is a World Events Update time with Randy, and I'll be bringing Randy on here in just a moment. Boy, lots uh, going on in the world today. And you know, as I was having my devotion this morning and looking through Scripture, uh, Randy, who always is up early and always researching and studying every day, in fact, was uh, texting uh, me and some others uh, with an update. And literally, as I'm studying a passage in Jeremiah about God's judgment on His people during that day when they were in such rebellion, Randy texted me, our judgment is near. And I just thought, boy, if, if that's not being on the same wavelength, I don't know what is. And indeed, there's just a lot going on in our country that really makes us or should make us pause and wonder, why doesn't God just bring judgment? But, you know, I'm so glad that we have the Word of God that we can turn to to sort of make sense of everything that's going on in the world. Sometimes it's like nothing but clanging symbols everywhere we turn, and our minds are racing, and we're trying to connect the dots. But uh, the book of Psalms uh, tells us in the very first Psalm, "'Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night.'" And as I was looking at Proverbs chapter 3 this morning, it ended up being one of those times in my personal devotion where I just started chasing a bunch of cross-references and looking from one scripture to another. I started out in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, a very well-known passage. It's a favorite passage of many people, where we read, "'Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding.'" In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. And as I was uh, meditating on that and kind of thinking through that uh, well-known passage, my attention was drawn to the book of Jeremiah. And I want to camp out there this morning before we bring Randy on and, and talk about uh, what was going on uh, back, you know, six centuries before Christ in the nation of Judah, the southern kingdom. You know, Jeremiah uh, received his call to the prophetic ministry in around 627 BC, and he would have been about 20 years old at that time. And his his prophetic ministry lasted some 40 years, right up until the destruction of Jerusalem at the hands of the Babylonians in 586 BC. Uh, and the book of Jeremiah is so powerful; it it, it just uh, reads like a like a personal diary almost. Uh, Jeremiah tells us more about himself than any other prophet reveals about himself. It's it's very biographical and autobiographical. Uh, he has a lot of sections that kind of give us a glimpse in, inside his heart, what was really going on as he looked at the deteriorating circumstances around him in his beloved country. We often call those sections Jeremiah's confessions or laments, the lament sections of Jeremiah's prophecy. Most of you probably know that Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet because of the number of times he mentions his own weeping and brokenness over the sins of Judah. And uh, we know more about Jeremiah's personality than that of any other writing prophet. So the biblical record of the times in which Jeremiah ministered comes from the historical narratives of 2 Kings and 2 Chronicles. We, we see what was going on in the life of Israel uh, during this time in 2 Kings chapters 21 to 25 and 
the parallel passages in 2 Chronicles chapters 33 to 36. Uh, Jeremiah prophesied at the time, same time as uh, other contemporaries of his, like Zephaniah and Habakkuk, before the exile, before the people were dragged off by Babylon. And then he also ministered during the prophecy, you know, the ministries of Ezekiel and Daniel after the exile began. And, you know, we, uh, there were more writing prophets, by the way, during this time as God was trying to get his uh, people's attention than at any other time in Israel's history. And so Jeremiah's purpose, just to give you some background before I zoom in on chapter nine, which is what I want to read this morning. His purpose was to call his hearers to repentance in view of God's coming judgment on Judah, which he says would come soon. (laughs) And that's what I was sort of recognizing as I surveyed some of the passages in Jeremiah about the same time that Randy sent me a text that says, our judgment is near. And boy, it uh, sort of got my attention. But judgment was coming in Jeremiah's day because God's people had forsaken Yahweh. They had forsaken God. They'd given themselves over to idolatry. Uh, He spoke about repentance more than any other Old Testament prophet. They needed to change their mind. They needed to change their thinking, return to God, and once again, embrace His Word and be obedient to Him. But Jeremiah also uh, has some beautiful sections in which, in spite of the coming judgment, he reminds God's people that there is a future for both Israel, the northern kingdom, and Judah the southern kingdom. And uh, by the way, he also gave some strong judgments in this lengthy uh, book of the Bible, this lengthy prophecy against the very nations that God was using to bring discipline upon uh, uh, Judah. So, But in chapter 9, we get an example of Jeremiah's deep distress over the sins and the actions and the disobedience of his fellow Jews. Let me just read Uh, a few uh, verses from this chapter. It really begins quite eloquently. And by the way, in the Hebrew Bible, remember the Bible wasn't written in English, so we've translated the Hebrew Scriptures into English in our the language of our day, and the the chapter divisions are a little bit different. Uh, And chapter 9, verse 1 is actually the last verse of chapter 8, but it doesn't really matter because in the original... uh, scrolls. There were no chapter divisions anyway. Uh, These came along later as the the scribes kind of uh, structured them. But in chapter 9, verse 1, listen to the way Jeremiah uh, begins. He says, "'Oh, that my head were waters, and my eyes a fountain of tears, that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughter of my people. Oh, that I had in the wilderness a lodging place for travelers, that I might leave my people.'" And go from them, for they are all adulterers, an assembly of treacherous men. <laughs> I mean, Jeremiah just cannot express his sorrow uh, in in any more poetic, powerful terms. And what is he sorrowful about? What is it this behavior that has got Jeremiah so worked up that he wants to leave their midst? He goes on to say. Like their bow, they have bent their tongues for lies. They are not valiant for the truth on earth, for they proceed from evil to evil, and they do not know me, says the Lord. 
Everyone take heed to his neighbor and do not trust any brother, for every brother will utterly supplant and every neighbor will walk with slanderers. Everyone will deceive his neighbor and will not speak the truth. They have taught their tongue to speak lies. They weary themselves to commit iniquity. Your dwelling place is in the midst of deceit. Through deceit, they refuse to know me. And boy, if that does not describe these great last days of deception and the efforts of the Luciferians to deceive the whole world, as the Bible tells us in Revelation, Satan is going to try to do someday in the tribulation period. And when Jeremiah here talks about his neighbors, he's talking about the whole community, essentially, of people. Obviously, there was always a remnant of Jews who, at that time, who uh, believed and were faithful and were trusting in Yahweh. Uh, But by and large, his description there characterizes the whole culture, and it certainly uh, characterizes our culture, too. And then I'm just going to skip ahead toward, uh, you know, the end of the chapter, Jeremiah writes, Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches, but let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth, for in these I delight, says the Lord. In other words, in the crucial days that Jeremiah was addressing, the days in which he was living, Judah's only hope lay in her relationship with God. When he says God exercises loving kindness, that's that famous Hebrew uh, attribute of God, his chesed in Hebrew, it's called his loyal love, unconditional love. And in this end of this section here, the Lord is commanding that the wise and the strong and the rich should not take pride in their wisdom and strength and riches, but instead they should be satisfied with or boast about the fact that they know the Lord and they have a relationship with Him and that He's their God, He's their personal God, and He's going to bless those who, uh, you know, follow him. And he is a God of loving loyalty, steadfast love. He's a God of of justice. Uh, He's a God of righteousness. And that's what we need to be uh, reminded of. I love what the late J. Vernon McGee said in response or in reflection on this passage that was written to Judah. He said, quote, The great need in our own country today is a return to God. We need to set aside our hypocrisy and our sophistication and our illusion that we are such a smart people. We brag about our achievements when our great need is to walk in the way that will glorify God. So that's why we need to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct our paths. And boy, With all that's going on in this world today, more than ever before, we need to stay rooted in, uh, you know, the Word of God. We need to, uh, as we read about in Psalm chapter 1, you know, sit by the Word of God, meditate meditate on it day and night, to be like a tree planted by rivers of water, who's that will bring forth fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever we do will prosper. 
So I just want to encourage you before we get to some of the world events and some of the news items of the day and and reflect on them. Uh, this is not all gloom and doom here at NBW Ministries. We are trying to passionately drive people to the Word of God. And for believers, that means strengthening our faith in Him, trusting Him, recognizing, as Jeremiah said, that God is in full control, that He's still a loving God and a merciful God, and He's got a plan, as He reminded the people of Judah, even during the lowest time in their history, uh, the Babylonian exile, there is a future, a hope for Israel. And God has a future and a hope for the whole world. And it's now more than ever, we need to be rooted in His Word and reminded of His promises. By the way, in Proverbs 3, which I started out with this morning, verses 5 and 6, it goes on to say in verses 25 and 26, do not be afraid of sudden terror, nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. And that's that's the reminder that I want to leave us with this morning. If you're a believer, you need to strengthen your faith. If you're not a believer, you need to trust in the Lord for the first time as the only one who can forgive your sin and give you the free gift of eternal life. And in so doing, by placing your faith in God's Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ, you then become a part of the family of God. You are no longer a child of wrath in Satan's army, but now you're a child of God, John 1.12, and you become part of the family of God. But then all of us, if you've done that, if you've already trusted in Christ initially for salvation, we need to walk by faith. And Randy, I, I think we need faith more than ever uh, before in these days when, when everything we see is discouraging. But as Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, we must always walk by faith and not by sight. So welcome back to the program. Great to talk to you again. And um, let's dive in. What's going on in this crazy mixed up world? <laughs> what, do we, what do we just start out, right? You know, I think Christians need a reality check. I have a uh, small group that we get together for a Bible study once a week. Most of them are my age or a little bit older. We did that yesterday morning. And two of them made the comment that all we have to do is trust in God and everything will be okay. Now, okay, in a broad sense, yes, he will get us to heaven. He will see us through. But they're of the opinion that we are never going to see the persecution, the torture, and everything else that our brothers and sisters in the rest of the world experience. And I want to tell everybody right now, we in America have had it good for a long time, but we're not special. If God tarries, I, with the way the politics are going and uh, just business as usual, don't ever believe that someday we could not be one of those held in a cage over a burning, fiery pit. This America is special, but it's not special. We have fallen away from God. We no longer care what is right and wrong. And I have to believe that our day of judgment is here. And some of the stuff I'm going to go over right now is going to make you wonder the same thing. Every week when I get ready for this podcast, I ask our Heavenly Father to have the Holy Spirit guide me, show me where to go. Sometimes there's not a lot, and sometimes it's just like the gates have opened up. So this is what I looked at this morning. I had everything ready to go, and then there's like another three hours of stuff that come up. So let's, let's just start with the really bizarre and go to the worst. 
All right. <laughs> this morning, yesterday, Mr. Biden says he is going to give $500,000 to Pakistani teachers that will focus on transgender youth education. Mm. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm thrilled. $25,000 to $75,000 to each of those teachers. Now, if you know the Pakistanis and you know the Muslims, they don't go for the LGBTQ stuff. They are totally against it. My question is, did he consult them first? Did the ice cream give him a brain freeze or what? You don't go into another country and try to subvert their religion, their people, and everything they're doing. Now, just think of what God's thinking when he sees this mess. Okay. Now, the stuff that I sent out this morning, here were a couple of headlines, okay? Um, the U.S. Navy has now hired an active duty drag queen to be the face of recruitment. Now, I can't think of anything better than that. I mean, you know, that's totally America, right? Well, this gentleman, his name is um, Joshua Kelly. His drag name is Harpy Daniels. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 I'm waiting for the American people to respond to this because I think it's the most bizarre thing I've ever heard. Well, Randy... I mean, I think you know how they're going to respond because this this nation is is gone. It's lost. I mean, there's a remnant, of course. There are godly believers who still hold to the truth of God's word, but by and large, they're going to champion it and share it. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's just saddening. By the way, you called him a gentleman. I assume you're using that word loosely. But yeah, yes. I mean, Pro Proverbs 14.34 says, Righteousness exalts a nation. But sin is a reproach to any people. So as great as America has been, we need to understand, as you said a moment ago, we're just a, uh, you know, we're still in our infancy in the grand scheme of human history. You know, 247 years or so uh, is our age, and we tend to think that we're going to be around forever. Well, if the Lord tarries is coming and this nation continues its rapid decline into utter, utter abject moral degradation, then I, I think the Lord's going to bring judgment on us the same way he has other nations uh, throughout yes. history. We're tempting fate, don't you think? Definitely. And I think, you know, you put your thumb in God's eye once too often. Mm. Then when things happen, it gets ugly. It gets ugly fast, and that's coming. Mm. Now, Another thing this morning was that evidently we att or somebody attempted uh, to take out Putin again. So basically what he said now is that all of the Ukrainian military brass, all of their tough people are to be top people are to be neutralized. Mm. In other words, he's going to take them out. He's sick of it. He's not putting up with it. So, Mr. Zelensky, like I've told you before, if you're listening, which I'm sure you're not, but maybe somebody will get this to you, now is the time to head to your little um, place in Florida. This would be a really good time to go. Just going to give you that heads up right now because things are coming. Another thing that came up this morning, um, McDonald's is caught using 10-year-olds in their store for work. 10-year-olds not being paid, and I'm going, is anybody watching the hen house whatsoever? <laughs> I mean, don't they make enough money on that Big Mac? I mean, for crying out loud, <laughs> it's not 99 cents anymore. So, you know, okay, so let's go to more bizarre. 
I think I sent this out to a lot of people on email a week ago. If you really want to know what our government is doing, if you really want to be creeped out, go to a website. It's called taskandpurpose.com. This is the website for the 4th Army PSYOP unit. And if you want to be absolutely creeped out, watch it. It's only three minutes long, but it shows you exactly what the thinking of the military, the CIA, all of them are like. And I got to tell you what, it's concerning because I really, I knew we had slipped, but I didn't know how far, but I see no bottom now. Mm. So it's going to get worse. Mm. And then even better. All right. CBN News, which I check maybe once every other day or so, came out that now we have available what are called connective spirit boards. There is one called the Holy Spirit Board, one called the Spirit Board. These are carried by Amazon. The uh, advertisement for Holy Spirit Board says, directly contact Jesus Christ for your decisions and your questions. Now, anybody that understands a Ouija board and the supernatural, you're going to connect with somebody, but it's not going to be our Heavenly Father. So with Project Gateway, Project Blue Beam, all of this stuff continues to where the minds are being taken over. People are being led down the primrose path and they don't understand where they're going to end up. But I got to tell you, it's going to be dark. Yeah, you know, I, I mentioned last night in Prophecy Night uh, that uh, in 2 Corinthians 11 and 14, we're told that Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. And by the way, if you've not watched last night's Prophecy Night, it was another powerful evening as we continued our uh, discussion of manifestations of evil and evil spirits in these times leading up to the return of Christ. But yeah, you know, as you mentioned that spirit board, I called it up here on Amazon. It looks just like a Ouija board, really. It's just yes. it's just a, a Ouija board masquerading as an angel of light, you might say. And uh, that's the kind of stuff that you do not want to dabble in. You do not want to toy with. In fact, uh, you know, so uh, dangerous is this type of stuff uh, in terms of, you know, when you start dealing with evil, uh, that we read in Second John chapter 10. Remember, the letter, second letter of the Apostle John only has one chapter, so it's just verse 10. And he warns at the end of the first century there, believers, that if anyone comes to your house and doesn't bring sound doctrine, do not receive him into your house nor greet him, for he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. And that word shares is koinoneo. It's it's the word we talked about Sunday at Plum Creek Chapel in terms of fellowship. And essentially what he's saying there is, you know, why would you want to invite evil people who are not promoting the Word of God, but instead promoting the devil? That's the only other option. Remember, Jesus said, if you're not for me, you're against me. Why would you want to invite them into your house? And, you know, I hear people all the time talk about how, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormons, which, by the way, we mentioned Mormons last night and the origin of that uh, religion in Satanism, uh, but that they, they brag about, some people do, some Christians do, unwittingly, I think. Oh, I had a Mormon or a Jehovah's Witness came by my house, and I invited him in, and I sat him down and gave him milk and cookies, and I talked about the Lord with him. Well, that's exactly what John says not to do in God's Word. This is serious stuff when you start dabbling in uh, you know, false doctrines and false religions. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, do not receive him into your house, John tells us. 
I don't want, I don't understand why people don't get it. They just are not understanding this, but, you know, kind of in conjunction with your um, message last night, I decided we'd talk about brain chips and some of the things that uh, are going on right now. Uh, there are actually four things that are pretty interesting. First, Mr. Musk has not gotten his Neuralink okayed yet to do the implants. He's trying, but BlackRock Nanotech did. They now have 50 individuals that they have injected a brain chip into, directly into their brain. What it does, it's a direct brain implant. It interprets signals. And basically, then they use an MRI. They use uh, AI. And by interpreting the signals, they learn what you're thinking, what your thoughts are, and all kinds of bad things I can see coming from this. Mm. But everybody needs to remember, when we talked about COVID, we talked about graphene oxide and titanium trichloride. Those have set up structures in the body. All of this stuff is going to interact with those. And 5G goes active in September all over the country. Now, what's the problem with 5G? 5G will interact with the graphene oxide, the titanium trioxide, and they're going to be able to monitor everything. The thing is, people don't understand uh, how prevalent this is getting to be. Um, right now, there are 50,000 people that are chipped in the wrist with a uh, chip so they can be identified. Wallet Moore is uh, at the head of it, pretty much technologically wise, and they have a product called Pure Wrist. What it does, you inject the chip into your wrist and then you can make payments. You can use it as your digital ID. Now, if anybody doesn't understand the correlation between that and 666 and everything that else is coming, uh, they should do some reading. But the problem is people are taking this stuff willingly. And that's that blows my mind. I wouldn't even think about it. Now, the University of Texas um, has what is called a semantic Coder. It uses an MRI and AI, and basically it's non-invasive, so they don't inject it into you, but it reads your brain patterns, coincides with the words, and sooner or later, after it's done it enough, it can actually interpret, if it's hooked up, it interprets what you're actually thinking. Now, that was taken from the Patriot Daily, and it, that's creepy, but then we have another one. We have another one called a Utah Array. It's a little chip that's about half the size of a small um, fingernail, and it has 96 little probes. That is basically stuck into your brain. They can interpret, again, what you're thinking, what you're doing, uh, what your thought processes are probably going to be from doing a history on you, and it uses what is called a neural bypass. In other words, your little neurons have synapses between them where they fire. But all of these technologies are trying to map the human brain to interpret what you're doing, what you might do. Are you a good person? Are you behaving? And with AI and with 5G and everything else, it's all going to hook up. It's going to go into our wonderful supercomputers. And in not too long a time, they're going to know what everybody is thinking how they're acting, and they're going to have the control they're looking for. Sure, it takes some time.
to have to have this many people taking part in the technology. Technology to be this far, it worries me a lot because AI is out of control. Mm. Another gentleman from Google quit two days ago because he said, I had to tell the world what is going on. He said, it's out of control. We don't know what it's doing. It's, you know, when the people in Google and Elon Musk are trying to warn us that this is a problem, everybody needs to take a brief pause and go, is this really what we want and where we want to go? I mean, yeah. that that guy that quit, by the way, he's he's often it was Jeffrey Hinton. He's often referred to as the godfather of A.I. I mean, this was a top tier, you know, A.I. expert. And he basically says uh, the way this is heading, it's going to cause the world some pretty serious harm. So, uh, you know, I, I agree with you. I think, uh, you know, they remember the, the Luciferians cannot create life out of nothing the way God did. God spoke the world into existence in six literal 24-hour days. And uh, he is the only eternal being, but in Satan's quest to take over God and become God, he's trying to conquer that frontier of creation, and transhumanism is their means of doing that. And you know, AI is is deeply connected to this quest for uh, the ability to create life. It's not just digital; it's bio digital. It's uh, playing with the, uh, the human DNA and things like that. They're they're coming at it from multiple fronts, but all with the same purpose, which is to create life. And you know, they, this uh, they're getting close now. They're never going to be able to conquer that frontier because they can't create life out of nothing, but they can certainly imitate it. Satan is the great imitator. He's the the uh, the one who tries to, you know, imitate God. He masks arrayed as a as as an angel of light, as we said. So uh, I think people better, if they're not already, better stand up and pay attention to AI because it is infiltrating pop culture rapidly. And I can't tell you how often just in the last few weeks I get emails from people talking about how they're using chat GPT and other AI tools uh, in their business. And, and I get that there's some practical uh, applications of that that can make life uh, easier. Shane, uh, my technology expert, and I have talked about that on the podcast. You know, medicine, they can use it to detect things that traditional doctors aren't going to be able to see. Uh, so there's some practical things that technology can be used for good. But when you start using AI to create thoughts and and documents and images, uh, it is uh, it is really heading down a direction that I think uh, we don't want to go. Definitely. I mean, one of my biggest concerns are the students that are using ChatGPT and GPT-4 and everything else for their assignments. Will the instructor ever know what they really thought, what they were taught, or if they know what they're talking about? I mean, this stuff is going to replace the human mind thinking. We're going to be left with a, a generation of people that are going, well, if the electricity's off and I don't have my computer, I don't know what I think. And I see it taking us further and further away from the Lord, from Scripture, from a relationship with God. And this is all by design, obviously. But can you imagine using the Ouija board, our Holy Spirit board, Having a brain chip, hooking that up to AI and 5G, I can't imagine what the outcome of something like that could be. Hmm. I mean, it's not going to be good. We know that. But the problem is, how bad will it be? So anyway, moving along. Uh, Taco Bell has raised their prices pretty much 50 to 
McDonald's is going up. So, you know, let's get used to the higher prices. Let's get used to less people in the workplace. A um, couple of people, really well-known psychologists, a couple of economists have predicted a loss of millions of jobs because of AI within the next year. So what are we going to do with those people? We're going to put them on welfare too, you know, unemployment, let them not work. Um, I think it's time that Congress, our president, and we know this won't happen, but they should take a long look at where we're going because we cannot sustain this. It just absolutely will not. Uh, on the military front, we're putting new engines on the B-52s, which are 62 years old. Uh, why do you want to put billions of dollars in something at all? I don't know, except it. I'm sure Boeing needed a um, cash infusion, but hey, what the heck, that's okay. The uh, First Republic Bank has pretty much went down and has been sold, but their stock is still listed. So evidently the sale is not done. But that was the large regional bank that basically went under this week. Uh, right now, their stock is down 91%, and you can buy all you want for 31 cents a share. Now, you're going to lose that, of course. But, you know, if you're interested in having bank stock for a few minutes, that would be the one to lose your money on because the rest of them are down today. But when the Fed comes out with their interest rates, if they're going to raise rates or not raise rates later on, I believe it's today, then Katie barred the door. Who knows where everything's going to go, but it it will get ugly. All right. Yeah. So what what are they saying about the interest rate uh uh, hike. I mean, uh, I've heard two different things. On the one hand, I've heard people say they're going to, you know, uh, raise it, which could be disaster. But then I've heard other people say, no, they're going to lower it. And I, I think, is that today or when will that be? Do we know? Well, they said yesterday it was going to be Wednesday. Okay. Right? So, so yeah, it, it usually is Wednesdays. It yeah. isn't at sometime around 11, 12, one o'clock, something like that, I think. So I'm kind of looking to see if anything happened. And since all of the banks just went into negative, I have to assume they've said something. I just don't see what they've said yet. Yeah. But again, well, we'll keep an eye on it. Yes. And everybody's going to know about it because it will be on the news. That is for sure. Now, as we described and talked about maybe three, four weeks ago, here's what's coming end of June and July. All right. The $30 billion that the big banks loaned to First Republic, that had to be paid back by the end of June. Now, since they've been bought out by J.P. Morgan, who makes up that $30 billion? Is that just gone? Is that is the Fed going to lose that much more money? I don't know what their plans are. CBDC is full ahead, full scale. That now is coming out either in July or maybe before. The commercial property loans that we've talked about, commercial property itself, uh, may be the thing that takes the banks down. There's so much out there that uh, is upside down, so much that's not even rented. Uh, the big banks are not going to be able to handle what they're going to lose. The banks have borrowed almost a trillion dollars from the Fed as a backup that they were allowed to do after uh, Silicon Valley and the other bank, Signature Bank. Now, that is also coming up in 120 days or 90 days now. Uh, where do they come up with a trillion dollars? They don't, they don't have that kind of free cash. So, again, there are bad times coming for the American economy. 
And I am afraid that's coming this summer to the point where I don't know how we survive, to be honest with you. Okay, let's see. We're sending troops to Mexico. That's always a good deal, I'm sure. Um, 32,000 illegal aliens are anticipated to rush the border every day as soon as I believe it's Title 42 expires here in a couple of weeks. So you have 15 American, 1,500 American troops spread out over, what, 1,000 miles, 32,000 people coming in per day. And uh, what effect are we going to have on that? I don't see where that's going to make a difference at all. But Mr. Biden's he, he's really good. He says all of them that are arrested, the United States will provide them with an attorney to take care of their civil rights. Yeah, they'll take their kids away, but they'll give them an attorney. But uh, yes. yeah, it's it's unbelievable. You know, uh, the, the thing about trying to protect our border, and it doesn't matter whether it's Biden or Trump or a Republican or a Democrat, it's all just for show. I mean, I listened to a speech uh, yesterday uh, from uh, a guy that was the founder of the John Birch Society, and this was decades ago in the 60s. And he was talking about how back then, you know, we needed to close off our borders. And, it, you know, it's not, I mean, if we can proverbially, as they say, if we can put a man on the moon, and we'll just let that metaphor stick for a moment, but uh, we'll come back to that another time. But anyway, uh, if we can put a man on the moon, why can't we put up a fence, you know, and and don't, you know, email me and say, oh, Trump tried. He didn't try. Uh, I said before, during the campaign in 2016, he wasn't going to do it. He had four years. I mean, good night. We can, we can, we have the manpower the technology, the resources that if we wanted to put a, a fence up over a thousand miles that is impenetrable, we can do it. If they can keep prisoners in in maximum security prison, and they do, it is extremely rare for you know prisoners to escape maximum security prisons. Why can't we do that along the border? It's by design. They don't want to keep people out. They are destroying our borders to create you know, a one world government that has no uh, borders. So yeah, it's a token amount. Let's send a few soldiers down there and just so that we can appeal to people who think that we need to be, you know, just tightening our borders, but that's, it's never about what it's about. They're, they're not really trying to protect us. Exactly. And, you know, the subject of Trump running again keeps coming up. Now he's, He's got his court cases ahead of him, that mess for the next year, year and a half, whatever. But remember this, some of the charges are state charges. So a governor of any state, if he so chose, could go ahead and dismiss those and give him clemency. Now, Biden could also give him a pardon for what he committed. Now, I don't see Biden doing that because he's too busy with ice cream, but he could do that. That could be a choice. Now, what everybody forgets is if Trump wrote himself a pardon before he was out of office, it would be called a pocket pardon. What he could do is have that hidden somewhere, and when they get down to wanting to prosecute him, bring him out, bring it out, and go, here's my get-out-of-jail-free card. Now, it's never been used. It's only theoretical. But that would keep the Supreme Court and the courts busy for years. But knowing Trump, he's smart. He's a little devious, being a businessman. Wouldn't surprise me at all if all of a sudden he come up and said, oh, I forgot about this. Here's my get out of jail free card. 
Yeah, if yeah. he's if he's counting on uh, you know Kathy Hochul, the governor of New York, to give him a pardon on that uh, deal, I think he's going to be uh, wait in for a surprise. He'll be waiting a long time. Yeah, I don't yes. know what's happening. It's going to be if the Lord doesn't come back, Randy. I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how things play out over the next two years. I think by now everybody knows my view on the national elections. We don't have elections; we have selections. But it is good theater and fun to watch and speculate, and it tells us a lot about. Uh, what the Luciferians who are really pulling the strings of power in this country uh, are intending to do. So uh, it it's too early to tell at this point, but it does seem like they're, the early indications are they're posturing for Trump to be in the mix once again. Uh, you know, the, we also have a few other uh, key Republicans that are throwing their hat in the ring uh, on the Democratic side. Uh, you know, Biden has said he's going to run uh, again. We'll see. Um you know, as I said on a, an interview a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, when Biden announced that he's running, I, I'm thinking, man, why don't we start with walking? As soon as you can figure out how to walk up a flight of stairs, maybe then you can talk about running. But anyway, uh, there are a few other Democrats that have also said they're going to, uh, you know, uh, throw their hat in the ring. But, uh, you know, again, I believe the timetable of the Luciferians, according to their own documents, is they want to bring down America sometime this decade, particularly they've talked about the year 2025, which would coincide with the first year of whoever's going to be selected to be our next uh, president in the United States. So the person they choose will, I think, indicate a lot to me, having studied the Luciferians for so long, about how close they are to, to achieving their timeline. If it's another placeholder like Biden, it means they've got more work to do. They're still shoring up some of the details. Uh, if it's, uh, you know, uh, a strong, uh, you know, war hawk, it may mean that they're ready to put us into some uh, participation in World War III. Uh, it could go a number of different ways, but it's it's really fun. It's like watching a good movie, uh, you know, uh, and I, you know, I still get discouraged when I see so many conservative Christians invested in it as if things really matter, like, oh, we got to support Trump, or oh, we got to support DeSantis, or we got to support, you know, all these other uh uh, people uh, and uh, you know enjoy it. it. It's fun theater, but uh, uh, I'm not quite sure they they get the big picture. Well, and theater is exactly what it is. I mean, you have a possible felon running on one side. <laughs> you have a guy with dementia and uh, the worst. Uh, both of them. Both ever. of them. 120 years old. <laughs> exactly. Can't we have an age limit of say 65, 70? I mean. These guys will qualify for every government program that's ever been set up for old people. They obviously they're interested in, you know, ice cream cones and not thinking. And it's, it's like, oh, Lord, please, let's do better. But like you said, selection process. So uh, I noticed yesterday and the day before we've got another balloon for crying out loud over Hawaii. Biden says no big deal. It's not Chinese. We're not going to shoot it down or anything. But. They don't know who put it out. Hmm. Now, if you're in command of NORAD and defending the United States, wouldn't you want to know who put it up, where it's going, and why? Um, what little gift does this have for us? And if it's not China, since it started west of Hawaii, there's nothing out there. Unless they used a submarine or something like that, which I imagine has probably escaped their minds. But it worries me in that especially after they want a drag queen to be their poster child. Um, do they really put anything into defending the country or is it just, we'll worry about it when it comes up. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
I have a lot of concern with what goes on. I, I just don't know what to what to say, what to think, because this is not the country I grew up in. Period. But uh, let's see. Gold and silver go up. They go down. Um, still look like a decent place to put money. I'm the, not a financial um, planner. I'm not a wizard. I am not a fortune teller. I am not a prophet. But if you keep the dollar bills, you will have the most expensive toilet paper ever created. I'm just going to put that out there for right now. Eventually, um, for sure. Yes. I mean, anything can happen, but whatever. Uh, Charles Munger is basically Warren Buffett's right-hand man when it comes to uh, his uh, their business. And it's huge. It's Berkshire Hathaway. And he came out the other day and said he advises against putting any money into regional banks because of all of their really bad loans. Uh, the commercial loans are going to take them down. Uh, remember, he's not in favor of the regional banks. Remember that uh, Warren Buffett got out of the transistors and chips in Taiwan. So you know there is something coming. Now, on the financial scene, if you look at what goes on every day, you pretty much know that this, this is going to be bad. But I'm afraid we're going to slip right through the recession, go to the depression, and people are going to be sitting here going, we, we didn't see that coming. But I think the writing's on the wall. The BRICS nations, they get stronger. They get richer. They get more countries involved every month. Um, the FDIC uh, sent out a message yesterday and said, understand that there are $9 trillion in money in the banks just sitting there that are not insured deposits. $9 trillion. If those banks go bust, what's left? $9 trillion is an amount of money I can't imagine, but that will take every depositor, every investor right down the chute. I mean, we would go from being iffy where we're at now, right into a depression because people couldn't make their car payments, couldn't make their home payments, couldn't afford food, couldn't afford gas, and which would leave us right where the WEF and other Luciferians want us. You'll own nothing. You'll like it. And I think they are probably pretty much organized now. And I think we're going to see most of the, um, things happening shortly. I mean, yesterday on the news, they said most middle-class families cannot afford a new car. Now, a new car, uh, what, $40,000 plus or minus five or $10,000. If America is in that tough of position, if 30% of the current loans on cars are already belly up, the manufacturer's in trouble, credit unions, unions are in trouble, the banks are in trouble. Um, where is the positive spot in our economy? I can't find one. Can you? Yeah, it's it's unreal how you know it. It's it's like we're you're rearranging chairs on the deck of the Titanic. You know, it's uh, people are just going on, not not recognizing, uh, you know how dire the situation is financially. And I think it's because, you know, we've been on life support for so long and the Luciferians have just been sort of, you know, propping us up 
waiting for the right time in their plan to pull the plug. Um, what really concerns me, Randy, is I'm seeing more and more chatter out there in the mainstream media about you know the debt ceiling again. You know that's always the same old thing. They do this every you know every so often. You know it seems like it comes up again and again. And uh, each new Congress and every two years they've got to raise the limit. But I'm seeing some chatter out there in the mainstream media now about how this time it's different. Uh, by the end of this month. And so I don't know, I'm just kind of keeping an eye on that. But uh, at some point, it's it's they're going to call the time of death, you know? Yes. Well, on one hand, we're going to have hyper hyperinflation, or we're going to default on the debt, which is going to call just cause us to fall apart. Militarily, politically, China is already superseding us. They are the ones everybody's talking to in the world. Um, if we go financially, we go militarily. We are no longer the statesmen of the world. We're 32 trillion in the hole. Um, what purpose do we serve? Mm -hmm. I mean, really, we are down to the place now that they should have seen coming. But there is no good choice. And we could end up a third world country. We need one catastrophe and we'll be right there with them. Unfortunately, yeah, and we talked in the opening about how you know God's not going to be mocked, and and as He told the the people of the Southern Kingdom in Judah, you know, five six hundred years before Christ, uh, you know, judgment is coming. Uh, so we we could see that happening for America, or we could also see you know, and we know this is what their goal is: the Luciferians destroying America to pave the way for the one world system. And here's the really weird part theologically you know, based on God's sovereignty, both could be true. God could allow this to happen, you know, as a way of, you know, bringing discipline upon uh, the nation of America. So, I mean, it's, uh, you know, we're kind of getting it coming and going, really. Yes. What people don't understand, your message last night and last week, everybody's going, well, this is out of the twilight zone. This is something we can't hardly believe. Well, the research I do backs up what you're saying. And I will say one thing, we're going to do a podcast on virtual reality and a bunch of stuff here in a week or two. But the Mothman, you know, a lot of that is people making it up. It's their mind going bananas. But if you go down the rabbit hole and you research it, you will see that before Chernobyl exploded, there was a Mothman type individual there for several days. Uh, one was seen in New York before 9-11. And there are hundreds since 2011 that have been seen around O'Hare Airport. Now, these aren't just people out there hitting the bottle before or after they get on the flight. These are traffic controllers. These are pilots. These are credible people. You can listen to the tapes. So People need to understand that the game has been upped. This is no longer just day to day. This is supernatural. This is against a being that we cannot see, we cannot understand. But right now, people need to be making the hard and fast decisions because the way the government's going with them cracking down on everything, I truthfully don't know how long we'll have the freedom to have a podcast or to have email or texting or anything else. We know their goal is to shut us down. That will come when, I don't know, but now is the time to start making some hard preparations. No doubt. Well, Randy, it is, uh, you know, as usual, a lot of things uh, on a lot of different fronts. Um, 
And, uh, you know, we appreciate you taking the time to bring up uh, some of these things are, you know, minimal, but lighthearted, but just sort of, you know, worth noting, just sort of intriguing little news items. Some of them are, you know, a little bit bigger, a little broader. They relate to geopolitical events, uh, the Russia-Ukraine situation, China. Um, but I want to encourage everybody to check out an article that I wrote late last night and posted it after midnight uh, last night that really addresses some of these fears. The Lord's just put it on my heart lately that in the midst of, you know, really uh, calling out all of the problems in our world, we do need to call God's people back uh, to faith more and more. We need to give some solutions and reminders. And, you know, there's no magic wand that we can wave. I mean, we talk about preparedness, and there's some practical things that we can and should do, as the Bible tells us to do. But at the end of the day, the solution to navigating these troubling times isn't rocket science. It's really not. It's a matter of trusting the Lord, just like we read in Jeremiah this morning, just like we read in Proverbs 3 this morning. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. So I posted an article. It's at the Not By Work site. Uh, it's actually uh, in the second spot on the highlight carousel, or you can click on resources, devotionals, but it's called Turbulent Times Require a Steady Faith. Turbulent times require a steady faith. And I want to encourage folks to check that out. All of my devotionals each week are pretty short, and uh, we don't always have one every week. Depends on my travel schedule, but you know, easily 40 times or so a year I post them. Try to do it every week as I can. But turbulent times require a steady faith. So check that out. Check out the uh, uh, message from last night's a prophecy night on continuing manifestations of evil spirits in our current day. And uh, as always, want to encourage folks to uh, come out Sunday at Plum Creek Chapel if you're in the Denver metro area and join us for worship either at 8.30 or 10. If you can't make it in person, we live stream the, the message during the 10 o'clock service, so you can check that out on the live stream page at notbyworks.org. Uh, one other announcement I wanted to mention because the time is getting close, but the 14th Annual Mid-America Prophecy Conference in Tulsa, Oklahoma is coming up May 26th and 27th. Uh, I'm honored to get to speak there again this year. It'll be my seventh year uh, speaking twice. Uh, Andy Woods is also speaking twice, Tommy Ice, uh, several others. Uh, just going to be a fantastic conference. It always is. Uh, if you can make it out to Tulsa, come join us at the Marriott Tulsa Hotel there, May 26th and 27th. Uh, that's a Friday and a, a Saturday. Uh, more details are available at notbyworks.org. There's a highlight banner on the highlight carousel, or you can click on the events tab and see more uh, about that. So, uh, Randy, any closing thoughts before we wrap up today's World Events Update? I hope we get to talk to you again next week. As always, and of course, thankfully, <laughs> as a good friend, uh, you and I talk almost every day, but for the rest of our listeners, uh, Lord willing, we'll be back again next week. But, uh, you know, it's interesting that you say that, because one of these times, our faith is going to become sight, and our hope in the blessed hope, the rapture, is going to happen. And, you know, I know God's people, the church, have been looking forward to that for 2,000 years, but, you know, wouldn't it be amazing if we were the generation that saw it? And as I've been saying so much in my prophecy teachings over the last couple of years, I sure believe that's the case. It seems like the stage is being set dramatically for us to be the ones that get to meet the Lord in the air. So if the Lord comes back, hallelujah, uh, could be today, could be tomorrow. But if not, uh, we'll see everyone again 
next week. Stay in touch with us. Uh, keep us in your prayers. You know, God is uh, so faithful. He's so good. Last night at our Prophecy Night, we sung a song about how good God is, and it just really touched my heart as we think about what God is doing in our midst. Uh, we're very blessed, and it's because of you. We have the greatest listeners and audience uh, of any ministry. Uh, you know, we're not the biggest. We're not fancy. We don't have a lot of resources and funds. We're just kind of sharing our heart, telling you like it is, and uh, uh, we appreciate your prayers. We appreciate your support. Drop us a line if we can ever do anything for you. But until next week, God bless you, everyone. And uh, we do have some more podcasts coming up this week, so stay in touch with us on our website. I know I've got two more interviews today. Not sure when those will be posted. Hopefully, one of them will be posted tomorrow for sure. Uh, I'll be on Life Clips uh, uh, podcast again tonight, uh, and we'll post that one tomorrow. But anyway, uh, keep, keep in touch, and uh, God bless you, and we'll see you again next time. Thank you, everyone.